Hi, and welcome to the latest podcast from the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. My name's Priya, and today we're discussing a paper on the long-term prognosis after childhood status epilepticus. We're joined by one of the authors, Dr. Suresh Pujar. Welcome. Hi. So first, Dr. Pujar, this study investigated the long-term outcomes after childhood convulsive status epilepticus. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about this condition? So, um, convulsive status epilepticus is the most common medical neurological emergency in children. The traditional definition of uh, convulsive status epilepticus, which is also the definition used for the purposes of outcome studies, such as our current study, is either a single seizure or a series of seizures with no recovery of consciousness in between, and that lasts for 30 minutes or longer. However, in practice, we don't want to wait for 30 minutes before treating them. And since any seizure that lasts longer than five minutes has a high chance of going on and uh, lasting for more than 30 minutes and potentially causing brain injury, we start treatment when the seizures last longer than five minutes. And what's the incidence and short-term prognosis for patients with this condition? So the incidence in children is about 20 per 100,000 person year per year in the developed world, and the incidence is much higher in the developing world. The incidence of status epilepticus also varies uh, at different age groups. The highest incidence is in children under the age of one. The cause of status epilepticus also varies according to the age. For example, the common causes in younger children and infants are prolonged febrile seizures and acute symptomatic cause, uh, for example, acute bacterial meningitis. Uh, we can say overall about half of the children are neurologically normal before the episode of status and the other half have previous neurological impairments in the form of uh, cerebral palsy and or epilepsy. And um, coming to the short-term outcomes, the short-term mortality which is uh, mortality within 28 days of um, status epilepticus is less than 5% and is mainly due to causes like acute bacterial meningitis in previously healthy children and uh, complications of underlying etiology, uh, for example, aspiration and chest infection in those uh, uh, children who have pre-existing neurological problems. And what was the rationale for your current study? So um, we carried out the first major study focused on childhood convulsive status epilepticus, uh, which we published in The Lancet in 2006. And through this study, we provided solid data on the incidence, causes, and short-term outcomes after childhood status epilepticus. We therefore had this unique opportunity, uh, with the help of a network of 18 hospitals in North London, to prospectively follow up children from this initial study about nine years after their episode of uh, status epilepticus and describe their long-term outcomes and to understand the natural history after convulsive uh, status epilepticus in children. Um, we thought this was essential as the long-term outcomes uh, were uncertain from prior follow-up studies. This is because most previously published outcome studies are constrained by methodological deficiencies uh, such as being hospital-based or retrospective design, uh, not using clear definition for outcomes, not using formal neurocognitive testing, small sample size, and short follow-up. 
So in our current prospective population-based study, we address these limitations using standardized neurologic, uh, neurocognitive, and neuroimaging assessments, and uh, we describe long-term epilepsy, motor, and intellectual outcomes after convulsive status epilepticus in children. And what were the key findings from your cohort? Um, our population-based results, which are less likely to be biased and uh, thus more representative of the general population, show that there is considerable morbidity at a mean follow-up of about nine years after a childhood status epilepticus. Um, in our cohort, the cumulative incidence of epilepsy was about 25%, and 41% of the cohort had active epilepsy, that is, ongoing seizures at follow-up. 31% um, of the cohort had motor disability and 45% had intellectual disability. Um, but it's important to note that the poor outcomes are seen primarily, uh, but not exclusively, in children who had pre-existing neurological abnormalities. Um, in previously neurologically normal children who survived the acute episode have a relatively favorable outcome with low incidence of epilepsy, which is about 14%, uh, motor and intellectual disability, which is less than 3%. The recurrence of convulsive status epilepticus is, um, also occurs predominantly in those with uh, prior neurological abnormalities. The second thing we were interested uh, was in exploring the relationship between prolonged febrile seizures and uh, temporal lobe epilepsy and mesial temporal sclerosis. Um, our data show that temporal lobe epilepsy and mesial temporal sclerosis can be seen following all forms of childhood status epilepticus and not just prolonged febrile seizures in whom the prevalence was 3%. And therefore, um, it's much less common than previously believed. Uh, finally, um, surprisingly, we found uh, seizure characteristics, including seizure duration, were not associated with adverse outcomes independent of the underlying cause of uh, convulsive status epilepticus. Having said that, uh, we should note that all the children in our cohort had seizures that lasted for at least 30 minutes, of which only a few had seizures lasting longer than two hours. Therefore, whether shorter seizures or much longer seizures would affect outcome uh, remains uh, uncertain. So how are these findings likely to affect clinical practice? Um, well, um, with the contribution of our data to the existing literature, it will be possible for the clinicians to better prognosticate the outcomes of after a childhood convulsive status epilepticus. Collectively, the data is reassuring, suggesting a generally favorable outcome in previously neurologically normal children, and the direct contribution of convulsive status epilepticus in the development of uh, neurological sequelae actually seems less than previously believed. Um, considering the outcomes are worse in those uh, with previous uh, pre-existing neurological sequelae, clinicians and policymakers need to consider strategies to improve access to emergency anti-seizure medication for this more vulnerable group, which I'm glad to say is increasingly being incorporated in standard clinical care in the past few years. And what do you think is the next research priority for the field? Um, while our uh, data are reassuring, currently we are not sure whether convulsive status epilepticus results in subtle neurocognitive deficits and or behavioral difficulties 
in previously neurologically normal children, and therefore this needs investigating. Uh, if we develop strategies for early identification of uh, those children at higher risk of neurocognitive sequelae and provide appropriate support, it may be possible to reduce the long-term negative impact of uh, childhood convulsive status epilepticus and improve the quality of life. Secondly, uh, the data from our study, as well as another study from our group, that suggests alteration in the white matter tracts following convulsive status epilepticus leads us to speculate, and it's just a speculation, uh, that um, convulsive status epilepticus may result in brain injury and uh, there is the potential for recovery due to brain plasticity. But if there is pre-existing brain damage or dysfunction, then the potential for recovery may be less. So it would be important uh, to research this possibility and the factors that may mediate this process. And finally, uh, it could be argued that the prognosis may be different for short seizures compared to convulsive status epilepticus. Therefore, studies comparing outcomes after short seizures against seizures that last for more than 30 minutes may be useful in investigating this hypothesis. But we have to remember that any such studies on duration are likely to be confounded by the severity of the underlying brain disorder. Thank you, Dr. Pujar, and thank you, listeners. See you again next time. Thank you for the opportunity to discuss the findings of our study.